So when we were recording our CD here in the chapel, we had our sound technician. Uh, his name is Ed. And Ed uh, played in various bands uh, involving spiky hair and uh, loud, loud music and all of that kind of thing. So, uh, Ed, we, we were debating whether we would record it here in the chapel or not, because obviously this is a chapel. So we want it to be a place of prayer. We don't want it to be a recording studio. So if we're going to record it here, uh, it, it still has to be, we, still, we have to do it reverently, which isn't always easy if you're dealing with you know, a person who may not necessarily share our beliefs or may not necessarily be uh, uh, practicing Catholic and that. So we thought, look, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot and see how it goes. So we, we were recording over there on the side of the, the chapel. You can't see it on the live stream, but we were recording there away. And the idea, and this very important idea, which I'd heard before, came back to me. The idea of the importance of reverence. You know, the importance of reverence. Because then when, when he was there, anyone else was there, and I had to walk across the chapel, you genuflect. And hopefully that kind of becomes instinctive to us. You know, that when we cross in front of the, the tabernacle, we genuflect. One knee hits the ground, preferably the right one. Um, and, uh, and then when you cross back, you do the same thing. And sometimes observers in a chapel might think that's a small bit exaggerated. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you're just carrying a guitar stand from one side to the other, you know, you do the genuflection thing. Now, a genuflection shouldn't look like you just hit a pothole, by the way. It shouldn't just be a kind of a... <laughs> that's not a genuflection. That's a limp, right? Okay. Genuflection, knee hits the marble. Okay. So, uh, so you know, when you genuflection when, when you go across, great. And there's something, there's something in this, there's something very important that we should never lose uh, in, in an, an action as simple as that. And that is reverence. Now, why is reverence important? <clears throat> uh, I heard it explained this, this way a couple, of, a couple of years ago, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He said, if you think of a, a married couple, right? Um, a married couple, and I've, I've heard this sometimes in, 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 in confession from maybe wives who might feel that the amount of communication in the marriage isn't what it should be, but that um, a certain amount of intimacy is still expected, right? So, and that can begin to feel a bit, you know, superficial. It can even begin to feel like use. So, okay, tie all this together quickly. <laughs> so, basically, I'll get to the punchline, then I'll explain it. Reverence should precede intimacy. Reverence should precede intimacy. So we should show great reverence for the Lord before we receive him. Okay? So when we come into a chapel, like, you know, reverence should precede intimacy. If you just walk into a chapel and you're like, sup, to the tabernacle, and you're kind of sitting down with your arms crossed and legs spread, and you kind of walk your way up to the receive Holy Communion, and you're like, you know, like, there's something wrong here. Like, reverence is not preceding intimacy. So then the Lord is being received into a heart that, by all accounts, from what we can see anyway, really doesn't care and really has no idea what they're receiving. So reverence has not preceded intimacy. And now what you have is, is it's, it's maybe even sacrilege, but it's, it's not definitely what it should be. In the same way, if intimacy precedes reverence, this is like the you know, Saturday night life that's so common uh, out there today, where intimacy will precede reverence. I don't even know the girl's name. No, not in the water. But there's, there's intimacy. 
There's no, no, no reverence. Reverence has nothing to do with it. Reverence doesn't even fe feature on the radar anywhere. Nothing to do with it. So intimacy before reverence, that, that's, that's actually use. Okay? So reverence should precede intimacy. So when we come to, to, to receive the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, when we come to receive in Holy Communion, uh, we should do so with great reverence. And this, we, we should always understand this correctly, this is not a negative thing. This isn't like, you know, kind of uh, approach the Lord as if he's going to smite you at any second because on the way in you double parked or something. Oh, man, God. Like we approach the Lord with great love. We, we, we get to receive the Lord who actually wants to give himself to us. We were learning in the catechism there last week as well. That prayer, prayer is God's initiative. When we pray, God has already reached out to us. Prayer is an answer to God reaching out to us. It's not God's off doing his thing, he's fairly busy, and we are like, hey, God, it's me. Hi, hey, and Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with me. I'm praying. Can you hear me? Can you see me? That's not prayer. We have this uh, often, this, this, uh, another kind of a thought that creeps in is that prayer is me getting God's attention. If I don't pray, he doesn't see me or doesn't hear me or doesn't listen to me and won't give me what I ask for. It's, it's a, a very, like, what are we doing? <laughs> what understanding do we have of God as Father? As Father. So prayer isn't me getting God's attention. Prayer is me answering what he has already said, his, he, all, answering his expression of love. Okay, so similarly, when we come to, to, to receive the Lord, reverence must precede that intimate union which we're expected to have in Holy Communion. Now, the word intimate, when it comes to Holy Communion, is probably foreign to a lot of us because we don't think of it that way. We don't think of it in those terms, but we should. Uh, often the way, again, we think about Holy Communion is it's just, it's just part of the thing, part of the Mass, part of the liturgy. You just do your little walk thing. The priest gives you the Catholic cookie and, and away you go. You know, we're sharing the common meal or whatever it is. You know, we're gathered around the table. So just sharing the bread, breaking the bread or something. And we really reduce this mystery to, well, nothing even close to a mystery. It's just sharing a few Pringles like. Right, so there's no mystery. There's no uh, grace attached to it. It's just, it's just normal. It's only Jesus. It's only Holy Communion. Then we have completely missed the point of what Holy Communion is. Right? It should be a Holy Communion. A Holy Union of Hearts. A Holy Communion. My heart with God's heart. My soul with His grace. So it's a, it's a, we're talking about a communion here. Okay. Uh, Pope Benedict, uh, he wrote in the, Pope Benedict XVI, he wrote in the Spirit of the Liturgy uh, a good number of years ago. He said, in the Eucharist, a communion takes place that corresponds to the union of man and woman in marriage. Just as they become one flesh, so in communion, we all become one spirit, one person with Christ. Did you get that? Like, I might have to read that one again because that's it's there's there's a lot in it. In the Eucharist, a communion takes place that corresponds to the union of man and woman in marriage, just as they become one flesh. So, in communion, we all become one spirit, one person, with Christ. Now, do you get reverence preceding intimacy? The kind of the kind of intimacy, the kind of union that we should have with communion, with Holy Communion, with God in Holy Communion, with the Eucharist, 
is, is, is it's like, it's comparable to, to the one flesh union of, 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 of marriage. Like that, this profound union of hearts. This I give myself to you, God, just as you have given yourself to me. That's what the uh, marital act should be. I give myself to you, you give yourself to me. So in same in Holy Communion, God, I give myself to you just as you have offered yourself for me. Can you see why reverence must precede this? Because if I, if I walk up with no attention at all to what is actually happening, I'm receiving the Lord who has poured himself out for me like a thing, like an inanimate object, instead of entering into a profound holy communion with him. And that's why it's so, it's so dangerous the way, uh, as I say, the Eucharist, the mystery of the Eucharist is reduced. I mean, you hear all sorts of different things, like, you know, when, when you're receiving Holy Communion, uh, the, I've heard this said in primary schools like that, you have to receive on the tongue until your confirmation, and at your confirmation you can decide if you want to receive in the hand all these made-up rules that, I don't know where that idea came from, but it's not true, not real, doesn't exist. Reverence should always proceed, receiving the Lord. Then to our, our Gospel today, reverence, by the way, starts in the heart. This is where it starts. So it's, the, the, the argument, we shouldn't get absolutely stuck or hung up on whether to receive Holy Communion in the hand or the tongue. But the most important thing is that we receive the Lord with reverence in the heart. Now, obviously, the ordinary way to receive Holy Communion still is and remains uh, Holy Communion on the tongue. But I wouldn't be fighting people over this. The most important thing, otherwise there's a danger we can slip into being a bit like the Pharisees, getting it all right on the outside, but inside we're full of rage and anger and bitterness. Right? Reverence emanates from the heart. The love, the desire that I have for the Lord. The, 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 the love that, that, that I wish to, to give him also in the name of those who don't. In the name of those who, who receive him unworthily or who receive him just out of habit. I can actually console the Lord by the way I receive him. Reverence must precede intimacy. And if it does, more and more as we receive, we'll begin to discover the depth of the union that we're capable of with the Lord. We'll begin to discover the power of his grace in our lives. So Lord, we pray that every Holy Communion may be just that, a Holy Communion with you. May you transform us, renew us, and strengthen us as we make our way home to you. Amen.